Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Picture yourself wrapped in its softness. Whether you're enjoying a captivating TV show, gathered around a crackling campfire, or cheering for your favorite football team. Minky understands your fall cravings. Our blankets are tailor-made for those heartwarming autumn vibes. With a variety of colors, they're perfect for complementing the hues of fall, as well as showing off your team pride with their vibrant team colors. And the best part? We've got sizes for the whole family, ensuring that everyone can experience the joy of cozying up in Minky's embrace. This fall, let Minky be your companion in creating unforgettable moments. Wrap yourself in comfort, share love, and relish the essence of the season. Minky Blankets, where warmth meets love in every color for every moment. Fall into one of our Minky Couture stores or visit us online at minkycouture.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Carving It Up Live right here on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. We are presented by The Grid, and I am Bryson Carver. As always, we have got an absolutely football-loaded show for you guys tonight. Uh, first of all, how about that World Cup? Okay, France beat England. Let's go. All right. Argentina advanced what was a crazy game. Semifinals are tomorrow. Looking forward to that. But in the world, I'm talking about American football. Not, 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 a, not across the pond. Uh... We had some interesting games yesterday and some very interesting storylines come out of yesterday. The first topic, I will be running a victory lap in just a second. But I will also discuss the Dallas Cowboys barely getting out of that game against Houston, Texas with a W. I will tell you what it means for the Cowboys and what it means for my man. Been with this guy since day one, Rain Dakota Prescott. I'll talk about that as, as well as why well, the 49ers did not miss a beat with Brock Purdy. I've got a Brock Purdy nickname Later in the show, you can probably already see it in the title if you're watching the show live or on podcast, but I'll, I'll sort of get more into that later as the show goes on. Also, the Philadelphia Eagles, folks, they've separated themselves in the NFC. I talked about it last week a little bit. They, they are doing what I didn't think was, was possible this late in an NFL season, and I'll discuss that later. At the end of today's show, I will predict tonight's matchup. So excited, right? The New England Patriots and the Arizona Cardinals, two quarterbacks for different reasons. I cannot stand one because of his clear limitations talent wise. The other his clear limitations intangible wise. But first, I've been waiting to get this, this one ever since that game ended last night and really for the last two weeks. So the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Miami Dolphins by a final score of 23 to 17. And, you know, for the last two months, Heck, I'd argue for almost a year, I have been lectured by Tua fans, be it Dolphins fans or not, about Tua, hey, you're underestimating this guy, he just needs the help around him, 
right? If you give him the help that he needs. Oh, he's the best quarterback out of this 2020 class. He's better than Joe Burrow, and he is better than the guy he played last night, Justin Herbert. Okay, so <laughs> last night, and really the last two weeks, I've been looking at Tua with a, a very, you know, sort of looking at Tua through the, 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 the lens of, are you a franchise quarterback? You've got three games to prove it to me. And I said this two weeks ago. The best defense in football, the San Francisco 49ers, you go to play them. The following week, you have the superior team. You have the healthier roster. You have the better coach. You essentially have home field advantage against the Los Angeles Chargers and the guy who's drafted a pick after you, Justin Herbert. And six days from now, actually five days from now at this point, you will be facing the Buffalo Bills and what's expected to be one to two inches of snow. Yeah, go beat Josh Allen. And I say, yeah, that's, that's a tough stretch. I'll be in on two if he doesn't even win. He doesn't have to win. Just play well. Put your team in position to win. Two of those three. Yeah, he's 0 for 2 and looked awful twice. And I think we see at the end of the day a couple things. Why the Miami Dolphins tried to trade for Deshaun Watson last year. A guy with all kinds of legal troubles. All kinds of red flags around him. Dolphins are like, yeah, we'd rather have him than Tua. Earlier this year, after the season was over, they, they illegally tampered to try and go get a 44-year-old quarterback, Tom Brady. And how, how Tom Brady looked yesterday, right? As opposed to go with the young guy, Tua. I have been lectured for two months about his accuracy. And like, oh... You know, once he gets these big boys, oh, he'll 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 go toe to toe with the 49ers, and he's better than Justin Herbert. Remember that that whole thing about the Justin Herbert's the social media quarterback, which was absurd. He is one of the most remarkable talents we've ever had in this league, and he proved it to you last night, folks. Justin Herbert last night against the Miami Dolphins, a completely healthy defense, mind you. Thirty-nine for fifty-one. By the way, no running game. 367 yards, a touchdown, no turnovers, QBR of 67, and a passer rating of 102. Tua Tungavailoa last night, 10 for 28. There was a point in the game where he was 3 for 17. 145 yards, a touchdown, QBR of 24, and a passer rating of 65. By the way, keep in mind that Tua was playing a defense that was missing six starters that already struggled to begin with. You look at the points the Chargers have given up this season. They've been gashed in the run game, in the pass game. And again, Tua, superior weapons, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. Superior coach, Mike McDaniel, this season has outcoached Brandon Staley. I've never been a Brandon Staley guy. He had the better defense, at least the healthier defense. And essentially, if you ask, and I've checked all over social media, if you ask anybody who went to that game last night, they will tell you that was the Miami Dolphins home game, which, shocker, shocker, Chargers fans are few and far between. There's not that many of them. Justin Herbert is the only guy who has to plan the road every single game during the entire duration of the season. Whether he has to travel there by plane or just driving to the stadium, it's going to be a road game. He's going to have to deal with noise. Justin Herbert is dealing with an offensive line that is in shambles due to injuries. Left tackle Rashawn Slater, who was remarkable last year. Gone after week three. 
You say, well, he had Mike Williams and Keenan Allen back. Yeah, this is the first game that they both have started and finished all season long. So the continuity isn't really there. His defense was missing six starters. His coach doesn't know what he's doing half the time. He showed you why one guy is a franchise quarterback and the other guy is at best, at the very best. Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo. He's one of those guys. Everything has to be absolutely perfect. The last two games, folks, as bad as Tua played, bad as Tua played, he had an opportunity with the ball in his hands, down six points, both games. In the fourth quarter, down six. Gets the 49ers, what happened? Went down the field and turnover on downs. He threw an incomplete pass to Mike Gesicki on fourth and short. And then last night, what happens? Chargers kick a field goal after Justin Herbert misses a guy in the back corner of the end zone. We're like, okay, here you go. Here you go, Tua. This is your moment. Six plays off the field, punt. Good night. Been trying to tell you all about this guy for a while. Listen, he's a good kid. Like I, I've never, I've never ever attacked his his intangibles, his leadership. Locker room seems to really like him. Mike McDaniel likes him. But at, at what point are we going to sit back and recognize he's an extremely limited quarterback? If Tyree Kill isn't running open by 15 yards to just to get to enough space to underthrow him, if Jalen Waddle isn't consistently separating on every single play, seemingly. If Mike Gusecki is not matched up against an undersized nickel corner in the red zone, and if there's no running game, it, it, it just, it's just not going to work. By the way, you think I feel vindicated? How do you think Brian Flores feels? Brian Flores, who all season long has been attacked, you couldn't get the best out of two, and Mike McDaniel could. Brian Flores is sitting back and saying, well, first of all, if I had Tyree Kill, could have helped matters. And second of all, you see why I wasn't that high on Tua? Could their relationship have been better? Could Brian Flores have handled it better? Sure he could have. But there's a reason he was never sold on Tua. There's a reason he tried to go get Deshaun Watson, despite his legal issues. There's a reason the Dolphins literally got their owners suspended. Going after a 44-year-old quarterback. Because they didn't trust Tua. Folks, when I evaluate quarterbacks... And I am no coach. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and be upfront and honest about that. I am no coach. I well, When it comes to X's and O's, I know stuff here and there, not even on, in close to the same level as a football coach would. But when it comes to football, when it comes to anything that's very complicated and nuanced, I always rely on the experts. Always. Football's no different. And few football coaches, I would deem an expert the way I would Bill Parcells. And Bill Parcells had a rule, talked about it all the time in this show when it comes to evaluating quarterbacks. Year one, it's a development year. It's the rookie year. They're just trying to get used to the NFL. We've seen a lot of great quarterbacks in this league. Think about Josh Allen. Josh Allen sucked his rookie year. I mean, he was awful. Look at him now. He's one of the two or three best quarterbacks in football. It's a process. But year two, you want to see a, a steady improvement from, from year one. You want to see, like, okay, we probably have our guy, but we're, he's getting better. If you're still not there by year three, we got to cut bait. Am I suggesting the Dolphins need to cut bait with Tua? No, unless they have a better option. Now, if they, if they have a better option out there, then by all means, go for it. But I doubt they do. 
But this is the reality of when you draft a limited quarterback. If the situation in the game, if the game plan is not absolutely perfect, it, it's just not going to work. A franchise quarterback, which Justin Herbert clearly and obviously is, comes in when his top two receivers, both, by the way, extremely talented, both Keenan Allen, Mike Williams especially. I loved Mike Williams out of college at Clemson. Okay, he was a matchup nightmare. But this is the first game that those two guys have started and finished. So being able to finally build that continuity, yeah, in week 14, with six defensive starters down. So you know you're going to have to move the ball down the field consistently, eat the clock. When you don't get a running game, so you have to throw the ball 50-plus times. You don't turn the ball over, you play efficient football, you make some outstanding throws. The throw across the field, I think it was, was it to Josh Palmer, I forgot who it was to, it was a beautiful throw down the sideline. Okay, the throw he made on that, that nine-yard pass to Keenan Allen, it might have just been a nine-yard pass, but it was maybe the throw of the weekend made by Justin Herbert. So... It's kind of like, and I talked about this on social media last night, it's kind of like when three weeks ago there was this, oh, who's better? Is it Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins? Hey, their numbers are eerily similar. Yeah, Dak then went to Minnesota and thrashed Kirk Cousins 40-3, to and it was like, okay, let's, let's, let's stop with this. Despite, by the way, Kirk Cousins had the superior roster and the superior coach. Same case here. Justin Herbert, inferior coach. Inferior talent in terms of being healthy offensively, especially in the offensive line. Inferior defense because you're missing six stars. Really, the only key guy that was there for you was Khalil Mack. You're playing a road game. Los Angeles, yes, the game was played in Los Angeles, California. Inglewood, California, to be specific. There are more Dolphins fans there than Chargers fans, which is nothing new. Justin Herbert and the Chargers are used to this. And he, he left no doubt whatsoever about who the franchise quarterback was and who the eh, starter was. Stu was a starting quarterback in the NFL. He is absolutely one of the 32 best quarterbacks in the NFL. But this notion that he was in the MVP discussion because he was beating up on the Bears and the Texans and the Lions, come on now. Like some of the worst pass defenses in the NFL. Yeah, I would sure hope you could with Tyreek and Waddle and Gasicki. I'd sure hope so with you have, when you have the running game. Teron Armstead is your left tackle. Mike McDaniel calling plays. And so now, having to go to Buffalo on Saturday, which, again, I want to remind you, expected about one to two inches of snow. And Tua, in his career, in sub-freezing temperatures, is 0-4 with four touchdowns and six picks. The Dolphins in that game, by the way, are seven-point dogs. So assuming they lose, folks, Dolphins will be 8-6 and six and fighting for their playoff lives. After just two weeks ago, we were talking about them possibly being the number one seed. The elite quarterbacks, heck, the franchise quarterbacks. With those weapons, with this roster, with that coach. Got to win these games. Got to win these games. So, I don't want to ever hear again about this Tua Herbert debate. It's ridiculous. You don't think the Dolphins upper, upper management every single day regrets not taking Justin Herbert with the fifth pick instead of Tua? Yeah, I guarantee you they do. So this is, it's, it's, it's not even a debate at this point. And, and this, is, this is the God's truth, folks. Part of what's fun about doing, carving it up, 
part of what's fun about just talking sports in general is when you meet up with a person, be it online, be it wherever, and you strongly disagree with them about something. And so you maybe get into a spirited debate. That's that's what's fun. Sports. I mean, it's, it's not life or death here. This is this is what makes it fun. But no topic, promise you, no topic I have gotten more pushback on than my view of Tua. And that is that at best, he's Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins, and at worst, he's Mitch Trubisky. And Dolphins fans acted like I, you know, I said he's like the worst quarterback in the league or something. They, they had elevated him to this level that the organization was failing him. <laughs> Actually, it's Tua now failing the organization. And it's Justin Herbert literally keeping the Chargers alive. That, folks, was that if it were ever a masterclass for NFL GMs about what a franchise quarterback is, what a franchise quarterback is not, I present to you Chargers versus Dolphins, December 11th, 2022. I don't know what, what more needs to be said. Justin Herbert's clearly in a different level than Tua. He just is. I, I don't know how I don't know how you could watch that game and still tell me, oh, I you know, there's there's you know, it's not that big of a gap. And it's it's incredible too. Because for the last two months, all the Tua fans, two and on as I've I, that's not a nickname I came up with. That's someone I forgot who it was. Um was it Pablo Pablo Torre, I think, who has who has a podcast on ESPN. I think he dubbed it that two and on. Obviously, dubbed after a certain conspiracy group. Anyway, two two months now, because two had a nice little stretch, acting like he's the second coming or something. In the last two games, folks, these two games where I was really looking at Tua, are you actually a franchise quarterback? He's averaged 220 yards. He's thrown three touchdowns with the exact same amount of turnovers. He's had an average pass rating of 72 and an average QBR of 22. Zero, by the way, QBR is 0 to 100. Average QBR of 22. Not to mention his completion percentage is literally Tim Tebow numbers. 45%. I rest my case. Moving on now to a, a quarterback that... I don't want to say that I saw coming because... Who saw this coming? Nope, nobody. He was Mr. Irrelevant for crying out loud. But when Jimmy Garoppolo went down against the Miami Dolphins last Sunday, broke his foot, probably out for the year. He could, I mean, could be available as, as soon as the wild card round, divisional round. We'll see. But he's definitely done for the regular season. And a lot of people were like, oh, that's it for the 49ers. Go and bury them. And I said, well, hang on a minute. The 49ers are not a team that are that that is reliant on great quarterback play. Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff numbers, as I'm about to show you right now, should be evidence of that exactly. Do I have them here? Here they are. Okay, Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff numbers. Again, the Niners are not reliant on great quarterback play. In six games as the Niners starting quarterback in playoff games, Jimmy Garoppolo's averaged 160 yards per game, four touchdowns, six picks, 61% completion percentage, and a 74 pass rating. But he has a 4-2 and two record because the pieces around him, the head coach, the defense, is A++++. 
And that's why the Niners were two minutes away from winning the Super Bowl just three years ago. And were two minutes away from getting to another Super Bowl last year where they fell against the eventual champion Los Angeles Rams. But you slide Brock Purdy in there. And I said, okay, Mr. Irrelevant, right? He was the last pick of this past draft out of Iowa State. And a lot of people said, how about, how about go get Baker Mayfield? I'm like, are you, are you kidding me? After what Baker's put on tape. Now, I gave Baker his flowers because he played very well against the Las Vegas Raiders on, on Thursday. Gave him his flowers on Friday's show. But who's better suited for that situation? It's Brock Purdy. First of all, he's been the situa- in, in this, this offense. He knows his playbook, obviously, better than Baker would because Baker hasn't been in it all season long. And two, Kyle's not going to ask him to do too much. He never asked Jimmy to do too much. So you're telling me he's going to ask a rookie to be, you know, Joe Montana? No. Brock Purdy, ladies and gentlemen, bald. And I took Niners big. I felt like the Niners would win pretty comfortably. I didn't see a four-touchdown win. But Brock Purdy yesterday, 16 for 21, 185 yards, a QBR 0 to 100 of 93, and a pass rating of 134. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't say he, was a, he wasn't aided by the running game. Christian McCaffrey gave you a buck 19. Okay, uh, Jordan Mason gave you uh, 56 yards. Debo gave you 21. And they had a combined 209 yards rushing as a team. That's the 49ers. Quarterback, don't screw it up. Rely on maybe the best running game in football. And without question, the best defense in football. And they're led by the most clever offensive mind, this side of Andy Reid, in football. This is why I said on Monday, go check the tape. I said Monday, do not be surprised to see the Niners in the NFC Championship game. That roster's too good not to just be, you know, j- just to be done because Jimmy Garoppolo went down. This isn't Patrick Mahomes going down. This isn't Joe Burrow going down. This isn't Jalen Hurts going down. And I hate that Jimmy G got hurt. You never want to see a guy get hurt, especially with Jimmy G's extensive injury history. But this was a team built to win incredibly, which is remarkable in, in, in the 2022 National Football League. But this was a team built to win without elite quarterback play. And Brock Purdy, was he necessarily elite yesterday? I wouldn't go there. But he did what was asked of him. By the way, a very interesting stat that I saw earlier this morning. That Brock Purdy yesterday, his two touchdown passes, both came down the seams. Okay, so down the sideline. That's the exact same number Jimmy Garoppolo has all season. Two. So, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's better than Jimmy G. It's one game. It's one game. Okay, teams are going to get film on on Brock Purdy, and they're going to have to obviously make adjustments. Kyle Shanahan and, you know, not many coaches I trust more to do that than him. But in terms of playing within the offense, doing what is asked of him, he's at a perfect position, which is why I have given him the nickname Sturdy Purdy. Rolls off the tongue, can put it on a T-shirt. Maybe you can... The, the, those those on, on fanatics, you know, fanatics.com, or if you get your jerseys over there, right? You can, you can like, if you want to get your custom jersey, get a number 13 Niners jersey with where it says uh, Sturdy Purdy on the back. I don't know. I, I like it. But this is a Niners team that is without question, I think, the second best team in the NFC. I'll get to the best team in the NFC a couple segments from now. But in terms of the, the way this team is structured, the quarterback is like the fifth or sixth most important component. Number one's the run. Uh, so I'm sorry. Number one's the defense. Number two is the running game. Number three is the weapons on the outside. Guys like Debo, who by the way went down with a very scary ankle injury. Reports are, and Kyle Shanahan said 
does not look to be season injury uh, ending. So, you know, big knock on wood for for Debo Samuel. Thank God that that injury wasn't as bad as it looked, and hopefully he's back. You know, in time for the Niners to try and make a, a Super Bowl run. But you got George Kittle, you got Brandon Ayuk, who has just emerged as one of the. Is it is it crazy? Call Brandon Ayuk a star? As consistently as he gets open with that kind of speed, doesn't drop a whole lot of passes. He's a threat down the field. I mean, I don't know. He's he's pretty good. My man Juwan Jennings out of Tennessee, great possession receiver. Okay, number four in terms of importance to the to the Niners, offensive line. Right, Trent Williams, best left tackle in football, all across. Right, they got great uh, a great run uh, run blocking offensive line. Great pass-protecting offensive line. It's an offense that is built to get the ball out of your hands quickly. Fifth would be probably Kyle Shanahan. And sixth, the quarterback. Whether it be Trey Lance or whether it be Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it be Brock Purdy. Folks, I'm not so sure that Brock Purdy being inserted into the starting lineup due to all these injuries. If the Niners keep winning and they're the remaining schedule, they got four games left. They got three days from now, Thursday night game against Seattle. That's a big one. Then they got the Commanders, the Raiders, and the Cardinals. If Kyle Shanahan and the Niners go 3-1 and one in those games, are we sure Kyle Shanahan isn't up for Coach of the Year to have three starting quarterbacks this season and to still win the division? Man, that's pretty impressive. Well, I've always been a Kyle Shanahan fan, but usually Coach of the Year goes to the guy, and I have no issue with this, but it usually goes to the guy who did more with less. Now, the Niners roster stack, make no mistake about it. But, and then again, as I mentioned, this is an offense that is built to win without elite quarterback play. That's still hard. You know, you try to build continuity with Trey Lance during camp, and then he goes, gets hurt in week two. And then you go back to the guy you've had the last few years, Jimmy G. This offense doesn't miss a beat. Then he goes down, and you have to rely on the last pick in the draft from 2022. That's tough. He didn't miss a beat. Niners offense didn't miss a beat. Dropped 35 on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I still think have a pretty good defense. Now, if you if you want my take on Tampa Bay, this is what it is. First of all, Tom Brady was awful yesterday. There's there's no ifs, ands, or buts. He was terrible. Um, you can say his offensive line didn't play well, and they didn't. And I, I felt like that this would be a matchup nightmare considering how elite the Niners' front seven is and the fact that Tampa Bay's offensive line is one of the worst in football due to the injuries that they've suffered. However, Thomas made a lot of throws yesterday. That that throw when it was either it was seven nothing, I think it was fourteen nothing Niners. Bucks put together a really good drive. Got to the red zone, fourth down, and Thomas to wide open Mike Evans. Like he, he got to make that throw. That, that's a throw that Tom Brady has made in his sleep for the better part of the last two decades. He missed it. And he has missed a lot of those throws this season. And I said back after they lost to the Ravens and dropped to three and five, I said, we're, we're seeing the decline of Tom Brady. But we're not seeing the end of Tom Brady, I don't think. I, I think Tom Brady, after you know the, the, the situation in his personal life, I think he's coming back to play another year. I do. I think this is last year in Tampa, but I think he's coming back to play another year. Could it be for the Niners? Could it be for a team maybe like the Titans or something? Heck, do the Dolphins kick the tires on on that whole, you know, sort of situation again? Maybe. But we're seeing the, the, the decline. Last year, if you look at Tom Brady, just look at the film. Last year, this year, it's, it's night and day. He had more velocity in the ball back then. He still moves well in the pocket, I think. I think Tom's one of the most underrated quarterbacks ever, if that's, you know, even, if that's not a crazy statement to make in terms of moving in the pocket. He's not going to run around and make plays. He's not Lamar Jackson, but 
he's he's good. He's savvy in the pocket. He's got great pocket awareness. He's built that over the course of 23 years and delivers the ball most of the time accurately. But this Bucks offense is struggling to move the ball down the field. What are they, 27th in scoring? The Steelers with, with Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky have scored more often, uh, have scored more points than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense has. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I refuse to believe that Mike Evans went from amazing last year to terrible this year. Chris Godwin's has a solid year, not as good as he was last year before the injury. Okay, I really like that kid. I'm, for, I'm forgetting his name uh, now. Uh, the tight end for the Bucks. What is that kid? Is that Kate Otten? Kate Otten, who's great red zone target. I like him, and he's a talented player. Two things can be true. The Bucs offensive line is really beat up. It has not helped Tom Brady. And the other can be Tom's not the same guy he was last year. Do I think, however, the Bucs can still win a playoff game or two? Yeah. It's in large part because of who they're going to be playing, most likely in round one. And that's how I shift to my third topic. That would be the Dallas Cowboys. So... <laughs> This is not a game that I thought I'd be talking about on the show today. And again, I always, towards the end of Monday shows, I sort of recap all of the games. Uh, but I don't spend like whole segments on them. But I decided to uh, to do one on the, the Cowboys-Texans game today. Um, 27-23 victory for Dallas. Uh, it's safe to say we when we saw that, that line in Vegas, Cowboys minus 17.5, which by the way was the biggest line of the entire NFL season, the biggest uh, favorites of the entire NFL season, which surpassed Kansas City. I think they were favored by 15 to beat the Rams a few weeks back. We're looking at this matchup, right? Dallas has won three straight games. The defense is playing really well. The offense, since Dak Prescott returned, has been the best in football. Look at the Texans. They're, you know, going back to Bill Parcells, he had a famous quote, you are what your record says you are. Texans are a bad football team, but... Unlike a lot of one-win teams, play hard. Yeah, I mean, you saw this at times with the Lions last year. Remember the Lions that took them to like week 12, week 13 to finally win a game? Played hard. They were in a lot of close games. Same, same as can be said about the Houston Texans. I just thought that Dallas would blow them out because I thought Houston would be overmatched. Uh, just, I, I don't think Dallas is as talent, near as talented as people give them credit for. But come on, they're, they're a lot more talented than the Houston Texans. Offensive line is terrible. Without Brandon Cook's receiving core, not good. Okay, the defense, the secondary in particular, has really struggled this season. But any given Sunday, like the Al Pacino, Jamie Foxx movie, any given Sunday, uh, these, these are NFL players. Was I impressed by the Dallas Cowboys? Not in the slightest. <laughs> There's not the only Cowboy that I can say, oh, wow, he played very well. It was Leighton Vander I thought Leighton Vander had a very good game. Micah Parsons was as quiet as a mouse at midnight. Okay, the offensive line, especially on the right side, and hate that Terrence Steele went down with an ACL injury, really struggled up until that last drive. Tony Pollard was a no-show in the second half. CeeDee Lamb was a no-show in this game. <sighs> the gambler, Trayvon Diggs. You got to know when to hold him. Know when to fo He did it again. He bit on a slant and gave up a big play. He's, he's getting back. It's driving me, it drives me crazy to watch this guy because he's so freaking talented. But he's getting back to those same bad habits that got him in trouble last year that he wasn't making earlier this season. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then, most importantly, the most important position in all of American team sports, that is quarterback, my man, Dak Prescott. Did not play well yesterday. Matter of fact, I would go so far as to say as that was his worst game of the 2022 season. Some may point to week one against Tampa Bay. I would counter and say, folks, he got as little help as a quarterback can humanly get over the course of an NFL game. Offensive line, awful. Receivers couldn't separate or catch when they did separate. Okay, running game, non-existent. All right, uh, coaching decisions, questionable at best. Penalties. Not to mention you're facing a great defense the Tampa Bay, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, it's hard to be successful when all that's going wrong. Outside of that, I think Dax played well, at least well, in every game this season. He was fine against the Lions. I'll give him a pass because he was coming back from a, a thumb injury. He was dealing. He was amazing against the Chicago Bears. I thought he played absolutely well enough to win the Packers game. He spotted the defense a 14-point lead. Defense got to take that game home. Okay, he gave you 28 points. You, sh- you should win that game. All right? Dominated the Minnesota Vikings. That was his best game of the season. Was money in the second half against the New York Giants on, on Thanksgiving Day. And was pretty good yesterday, or last week against the Indianapolis Colts. I, I wasn't overly impressed. But he, he was good. I mean, he wasn't bad. But yesterday against the Houston Texans, Dak Prescott did not play well whatsoever. 24 for 39, 284. The yards are okay. One touchdown, two interceptions. The first one was not his fault. That was off Noah Brown's hands. The second one, however, was unacceptable. There's, there's no excuse. You can't be in your own end zone. I know his arm got hit. That ball was not going to get to Dalton Schultz anyway. It was a terrible throw, got picked off. It was probably Dak's worst throw of the season, like I tweeted yesterday. QBR of 24 and a pass rating of 71. Dak Prescott did not play well yesterday. But, you know, I just talked about a couple segments ago with the Herbert Tua thing. And part of the reason that Tua is not a franchise quarterback is he's not playing well, but, hey, you're down six to get the ball, chance to take the lead. All will be forgiven. And Tua, 0 for 2 against the Niners and against the Chargers in both situations. Dak Prescott, horrible decision on that interception. No excuse whatsoever. The defense, to their credit, got a massive stop on the goal line against the Houston Texans, against Jeff Driscoll, who I'm not really sure what that fourth down play was, but Cowboys got the stop. Demarcus Lawrence, by the way, played a play yesterday. What separates the eh, quarterbacks from the pretty good quarterbacks to the franchise quarterbacks is back against the wall. You absolutely have to do something in this drive. Otherwise, you absolutely are going to lose the game. Dak Prescott, right down the field. 98-yard drive. Boom, 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 boom. First completion was to Dalton Schultz for a gain of 21 yards. Then he ran out of bounds for a nine-yard gain. Threw to Schultz for 13 yards. Threw to Zeke for six yards of a check down. Threw to CeeDee Lamb for three yards. Ran for six yards for a first down, third and one. Threw a beautiful football to Noah Brown, which Noah Brown made a great diving catch on for a gain of 18 yards. Okay? Made another amazing throw right down the middle to Dalton Schultz for a gain of 18 yards. 
Threw a pass to Michael Gallup that I, I'm not going to go so far as to say should have been caught. I mean, Michael Gallup's an NFL receiver. He probably should have caught it, but he took a pretty big shot, dropped it. Dak's only incomplete on the drive, and then Zeke punched it on third and goal. When you absolutely have to have it, that, my friends, is what the franchise quarterbacks do. Even when they play terrible. And as a Dak fan, a guy who literally wears his hat like 80% of my shows, I could say Dak was terrible yesterday. No matter most, he did what he always does. 18 career game-winning drives now. That's, that's what he's done since his rookie year. Go back to week two against Washington. Been doing that ever since. You absolutely have to have it. Your franchise quarterback puts the team on his back, leads him down the field. Now, in terms of where the Cowboys sit, and again, you know, I, I said after they beat the Colts last week, had that 33-point quarter, remember, and beat the Colts, I think it was 54-19 was the final score. Scorigami, only only 54-19 game in NFL history. But I said these next two weeks, when the Cowboys play the Texans and then the Jaguars, who, by the way, dominated the Tennessee Titans. I, I got, I'm going to have to get rid of my If I Were a Bet Man segment because it is going poorly this season because the Titans let me down yesterday. That's another topic for another day. But next two games against the Texans and the Jaguars. I said the Cowboys are not going to prove anything to me. It's like the, it's almost like the reverse of what I said about Tua, where I said these next three games are going to make my decision on Tua. These next two games, I'm not going to change my opinion on the Cowboys. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not. Like Whether they win or lose, okay, it's, 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 it's not a statement game. It's not a gotta-have-it game. In terms of winning the division, sure, but it's not, it's not a game that the whole country has zeroed in on, even if it is the Dallas Cowboys. Christmas Eve, different story, right? The Cowboys-Giants was the highest-rated game in NFL regular season history. I'm not so sure Cowboys-Eagles on Christmas Eve isn't going to come pretty close to that. I know the Thanksgiving game obviously gets massive ratings. It's Christmas Eve, possibly a division-deciding game against Philadelphia. That, that's a big one. And I've said since last week, if the Cowboys want to prove, to me at least, that they are absolutely legitimate Super Bowl contenders, beat Philly. Beat Philly. And I'm about to talk about the Eagles in my next segment. Because if you do that, if you beat that team, oh, I'm in. I, I am all in on this team as a Super Bowl contender. Because Philadelphia is legit on steroids. And again, I'll say my thoughts for the Eagles in my next segment. Then you got to go to the Tennessee. Tennessee's not playing well as of late. I've, you know, It's, it's Mike Vrabel. He's going to get his act together. He's going to get his team's act, act together. They'll be ready to go on a Thursday night. And then you got Washington. At Washington, by the way. But, again, was I impressed with the Cowboys? Of course I wasn't impressed. You beat the Houston Texans as a 17-point favorite by four, and you needed a 98-yard drive to win it. Not great, but it was a 98-yard drive. Like those, forget late fourth quarter. Those, those drives are highly uncommon. When he absolutely needed Dak to play well, as bad as he was during the course of the game, he drove you down the field when he absolutely had to. And that's, that's why I say he's a top-10 quarterback. He elevates lesser players, which he's done with guys like Lamb, Gallup, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz. Obviously, the running game is probably the strength of the offense in terms of the skill position players, guys in Zeke and Pollard. And Dak is able to elevate lesser guys, win a lot of games. This is now back-to-back -back winning seasons for the Cowboys. Actually, not back-to-back -back winning seasons. Back-to-back 10-win -back seasons for the Dallas Cowboys. Dak is... 
Now the first Cowboys quarterback to do that since the Hall of Famer, Troy Aikman. If you're not in on Dak, can't say that I can help you. But it's going to be a very, very interesting next two weeks. Uh, again, that is a... <laughs> that Philadelphia game, man, is huge for the Cowboys if they want any chance of competing. By the way, my my dad was on a business trip. He had the uh, the opportunity to attend the game yesterday. And like he, he was telling me, it was, it was a very uh, funny feeling in the stadium, almost a sense of disbelief that this was actually happening. And, and I got to admit to y'all, when I was watching the game, I was trying to flip back between that one and the, the other ones that the, uh, the, 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 the Lions-Vikings game was very exciting. But when I was watching this one and uh, and Dak threw that interception, I'm like, oh, this game, this game's over. Like I, I thought it's 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 a wrap because the Texans could go in, score, go up ten points, it's over. Defense to their credit, and, and that's something else. That and that's I talked about Dak when you absolutely needed his best, he gave it to you. Same can be said about the Cowboys' defense. Okay, were they great yesterday? weren't bad. I mean, they they did give up 23 points to to uh, Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll. But they did force two takeaways, albeit one was on a Hail Mary. And when they absolutely had to, Texans are five yards away from basically clinching the victory. Cowboys don't let them get those five yards. It's a sign of a great defense. Now, again, Micah Parsons has been very, very quiet as of late. Look for him to try and make a statement against the Jags on Sunday. But uh, from in certain individuals, I like what I saw for the Cowboys. But again, I'm not any closer or any further away to saying that they are Super Bowl a Super Bowl threat. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just not. You tell me they look better than the Niners? The Bucks? yeah, I'll give you that, but I, I've, I've been on this position for a while. I don't think they'll beat Tampa Bay should they face them in the playoffs because Tom Brady has never lost to Dallas. But two weeks from now, we'll get all the answers. At least I will. I'll get all the answers I need on whether this Cowboys team is legit, legit or not. It's going to be fun. It's going to be very fun. Now, on to the team that they will be playing in two weeks, the Philadelphia Eagles. Man, if if they're not the best team in the NFC, then I, I really don't know who is. You guys know I really like San Francisco. Stacked roster, great coach. But the difference in the Eagles and the 49ers, because the Eagles don't have a great coach. I'm not that high in Nick Sierra. I think he's a bad coach, but he's certainly not in the level of Kyle Shanahan. Okay, do they have elite skill position players like the Niners do? Yeah, elite offensive line like the Niners do? Yeah, elite defense like the Niners do? Yeah, but the separating factor is one man. His name is Jalen Hurts. And what Jalen Hurts is doing to defenses this year. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's something that is really hard to do in the NFL. It's, it's something that a select few quarterbacks. Now, Jalen Hurts is, you know, I'm still hesitant to put him in the elite quarterback category because this is the first season that he's done this. However, he's doing something that only the elite, the cream of the crop quarterbacks do in this league. The Mahomes, the Burrow, the Allen, in his prime, the 
the Brady's and the Rogers of the world, the Drew Brees. He is humbling defenses and defensive coordinators. Yesterday against Wink Martindale, who we all view as one of the better defensive coordinators in the sport. Jalen Hurts, 21 for 31, 217 yards passing, 77 yards rushing, three total touchdowns, QBR 85 pass ring of 109, and the Eagles won by four touchdowns against a playoff team. Now, you could say that playoff team's beat up, and they are. Daniel Jones is a below-average quarterback, and he is. But if we are going to judge this and judge the Cowboys on, well, they barely beat the Houston Texans. So let's look at the Philadelphia Eagles who destroyed the New York Giants. And I talked about the Eagles back, all the way back in week two when they blew out the Minnesota Vikings. And I said, what's impressive to me about Philadelphia in terms of Nick Sirianni, who I just said, like I, I'm not that high on Nick Sirianni. I don't, he's not a guy that I, I'm high on in terms of putting together a game plan to beat a Kyle Shanahan, to beat an Andy Reid. If he has the, a healthy team, Sean McVay. But he knows his place. He knows what he is and what he isn't. And not a lot of coaches can say, not the limited coaches, most of them can't say that. Remember last year, Philadelphia was, I think, three and six, if I'm not mistaken. We're not playing well. Jalen Hurts was struggling. You know, the defenses were struggling to, to get takeaways and stuff. But what did they do? What did Nick Sirianni do? He handed off play-calling duties to the offensive coordinator. So what Nick Sirianni is now, essentially, is a game-managing head coach. Manages the clock, you know, timeouts, all of that. That's his, that's, that's his responsibility. What he is and what he isn't. And, again, Jalen Hurts, back to the Bill Parcells thing, I was talking about Tua, Right? By year three, if you're not sure you have the guy, you move on. Oh, the Eagles have the guy. And he's sort of having a, dare I say, a Josh Allen type rise. Because remember, Josh Allen was just horrible in, week, in his, his, his first season. He's completed 52% of his passes. He was not good. Jalen Hurts, by the way, his rookie season back in 2020 when he replaced Carson Wentz, he played, I think it was three or four games. Had like seven turnovers. He was awful. He was giving the ball up. He was inaccurate. He was not playing well. Last year, cleaned up the turnovers. But you're still not sure, okay, is he an accurate thrower down the field? Uh, can he play from behind? This year, as accurate as they come, Jalen Hurts this season has a completion percentage uh, of, of uh, 68%. He is fourth in QBR. He's thrown the fewest amount of interceptions in the NFL with three. He's fifth in the NFL in touchdown passes with 22. And he is 10th in yards passing, not to mention uh, he has how many yards rushing this year? Hang on. That's not on ESP. Let's, let's see. How many yards rushing? Okay, here we go. 686 yards. And 10 touchdowns. So this season, Jalen Hurts essentially has 32 touchdowns. Playing clean football, distributing the ball accurately down the field to guys like A.J. Brown and Quez Watkins, being able to hit Devontae Smith with some of these slant patterns. He's a real deal. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And let's see. I think we just had a connection issue right there. All right. I think we're good. Make sure. Okay. Yeah. My, 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 my. System broke there for me. So it looks like looks like we're good. But again, back to Jalen Hurts. I'm a believer in this guy. When you talk about everything that you could possibly want in a franchise quarterback, accuracy, leadership, by the way, coachability, accuracy down the field, by the way, not to mention he's also an elite runner. Doesn't turn the ball over. I mean, is that not everything you could want in a franchise quarterback? I think it's safe to say Jalen Hurts is going to cash in big this offseason. And he deserves every penny. He deserves every penny. And there's a very good chance. And that's the thing for the Eagles. They're in a great position. Even if they lose to Dallas on Christmas Eve, they still control their own fate to not just win the division, but get the number one seed. Because that'd be two losses for them. They'd still have the best record, not just in the NFC, but in the NFL. We criticize teams for not winning the games that they're supposed to. Philadelphia is not just winning those games. They are dominating those games. Again, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense are humbling people. 48 points on a Wink Martindale-led defense. Highly impressive. And Lord knows what they're going to do next week. It's for Chicago. They're, they're a nine-point road favorite in Chicago who has one of the worst pass defenses in the NFL they could hang a 50-burger in Chicago. I'm serious. Because that's the thing about the Eagles game, too. It's always the marker of a great team. Their game travels. Because they can run the football, because their quarterback plays turnover-free football, because their defense takes the ball away, has a great front four, uh, front four and front seven, for that matter. That I, I don't know what there is to not like about this team outside of the fact we haven't seen them do it in the playoffs. That's like that's the only. If you're hesitant about that, I, I I get where you're coming from. But at some point, what they're showing on the field right now has to matter. I was very hesitant on the Eagles uh, up until a couple weeks ago when they beat Tennessee the way that they did because Philadelphia struggled with physical teams. When Tennessee came into Philadelphia with Derrick Henry and they held him to what 35 yards after struggling to stop the run, I'm like, okay, they fixed their biggest issue. They're legit. They are absolutely far and away. The penalties are not an issue. The mistake-free football, elite defense. In this NFC, yeah, that's that's that, that's the best team. That's the best team. 100%. They are, again, I will say it once again on the show, they are a lock to be in the NFC Championship game. Because in all likelihood, they'll just have to win one game. And it will likely come either against the Cowboys or against the Bucks. And... You guys know I, I think the Bucs could possibly make a run of the championship game as long as they don't have to play Philly before then. There's a good chance they will. If they do, sorry, Tom Brady, but your, uh, your Tampa career is going to come to an end at the hands of, of Philadelphia. And listen, I'm no longer a Cowboys fan. I, don't just, I still don't like the Eagles. I still root against the city of Philadelphia against their sports teams. I don't like the Phillies. I was happy when the Phillies lost the World Series to the Astros. I don't like the 76ers. 
I don't even watch hockey. I don't like the Flyers. Okay? And I darn sure don't like the Eagles. So it, it, it doesn't joy me to say this. And if I'm wrong, listen, I'm not going to be complaining. You think I want to see Philly get a championship? Absolutely not. Not after how they handled it after winning Super Bowl 52. That stadium didn't know how to handle itself. Oh, Lord. But I, I can't lie. I mean, I can't. my eyes are telling me that's the best team in the NFL. There's no question about it. But there were some other interesting games in the NFL. Obviously, week 14 will come to an end tonight. I'll predict Patriots-Cardinals in just a second. Uh, Jets-Bills. Can, can we just give a round of applause to Mike White? And the absolute warrior job he did yesterday took numerous hits to the rib area. I mean, t- was taking some shots. By, by the way, it was terrible weather in Buffalo. It was rainy. It was cold. It was windy. And Mike White, you know, having to go in the locker room numerous times to deal with the rib injury, just kept playing, kept fighting. By the way, ended up posting a QBR of 56, 268. Now, again, <laughs> he did have a, he did have a fumble, although he did recover. But in terms of just keeping his team in the game and just fighting back over and over against an elite defense, that is an admirable admirable performance by Mike White. But hats off to him. Okay, if there's any doubts about the, who the Jets' quarterback is going to be the rest of the season, I, I think that's uh I think that's over. Okay, like Mike White is the guy for the rest of the year. Question is, is he the franchise guy? I'm not sure. I, I'm I'm a little hesitant on that, but. Zach Wilson would not have survived that game yesterday. And Mike White, who, by the way, was taken to the hospital, no, no damage to his, you know, to his, his, his kidney or anything like that. So he's fine. He's he's back uh with, with the Jets at the practice facility. But what a warrior performance. Uh, but but a good win for the Bills. Again, that defensive line, even without Von Miller, who's gone for the year now, was outstanding. Joe Burrow got his first ever win against the Cleveland Browns. 23-10 to win for the Bengals over Cleveland. Uh, Deshaun Watson, a uh, little better than last time. Posted a 60 QBR, 79 passer rating. Was much better than his, his initial outing against his old team, the Houston Texans. But still, still got to work out the kinks. I'm not going to be too rough on Deshaun in terms of his play. Guy hadn't played in 700 days up until last Sunday. So what this is, because the Browns are out of the playoffs now, not, not officially, but they're 5-8. and eight. They're not, they're not going to make the playoffs as good as the AFC is. So what this is, and I said this coming into the season, especially after the suspension was was official 11 games. I said this is a six-game preseason for Deshaun Watson to get acclimated to the offense, to try and build a rapport with the receivers, guys like Amari Cooper, David Njoku, the tight end, you know, the running game with with, with Chubb and and Hunt. Kevin Stefanski is the head coach. Like, this is is a six-game preseason for Deshaun Watson before next season. Then I'll be... If he play, if he had a, has a game like this next season, I'll be harsh on my criticism. But I, I I can't be especially the way Cincinnati's defense has play, been playing. I talked about this last week. Bengals defense is really really good. They get after the quarterback. They take the ball away. Uh, Joe Burrow was 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 pretty good, right? Eighteen for thirty three, two thirty nine, uh, two touchdowns. He did throw an interception. Uh, QBR seventy five, pass rating of eighty five. Uh, but good one for the Bengals. That's now five straight wins. They're nine and four, uh, chasing the Ravens who I didn't see this coming. And, and listen, the Ravens are in a similar situation that the 49ers are in that they're on their third quarterback this season, Anthony Brown. The only Anthony Brown I knew was the cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys, uh, who's, who's unfortunately out for the year. But Tyler Huntley goes down on a brutal collision. Anthony Brown comes in, you know, does a solid job, right? Keeps him in the game. Ultimately, with this game come down to, though, 
Not that the Ravens won it, but the Mitch Trubisky single-handedly lost this game uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's no question about it. Not one, not two, but three interceptions thrown by Mitch Trubisky. All of them in Ravens territory. This gap. Like he's uh, safe to say the Bears to this very day. Sorry not to bring up bad memories for, for Bears fans, but you had a chance at Deshaun and you had a chance at Patrick Mahomes. Not a, uh, you got Justin Fields now. I, I, I get that, but thanks you to Mitch Trubisky. And now the Steelers are, are learning that lesson. We'll see. By the way, Kenny Pickett, can I just say this real quick before we move on? I don't want to see Kenny Pickett on the field the rest of the season. Um, he's a rookie, and in eight games a season, he's suffered two concussions. Like, it's not worth it. The, the Steelers are out of the, are going to be out of the playoffs. Mike Tomlin, in his, the, for the first time in his Hall of Fame career, is not going to have, or not going to have a winning season. It's going to be the first time in Mike Tomlin's career that he's going to have a losing season to shelve uh, Kenny Pickett for the year. Because if he gets a third concussion, man, that, that then it becomes a, a, a real problem. So just shell Penny, uh, Kenny Pickett for the year. Lions beat the Vikings, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Those Lions, they are not going away anytime soon. Kneecap. 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 There were a lot of Lions getting kneecaps yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Jared Goff was outstanding yesterday. 27 for 39, 330, three touchdowns, no turnovers, QBR of 70, and a pass rating of 120 was dealing. You had that. You had that trick play in the last two minutes where Jared Goff, on th- by the way, what is it, 39, I think it was? Two minutes left. If you don't get the first down, you got to punt to the Vikings and try and get a stop to win the game. Do they throw to DJ Chark, who had a big game yesterday? No. Do they throw to Amonra St. Brown? No. Do they throw to Josh Reynolds? No. They throw to the left tackle. Yes, you heard that correctly. Panay Sewell on a trick play. It was, listen, you guys know I was not high whatsoever on the Dan Campbell hire in early 2021. I'm like, oh, gosh, I don't know. This this sort of, I, I just play the sound by there, the, the kneecaps and all this. Like, eh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know about this guy. <laughs> But what I've always said, ever since last season to this year, like for for the criticisms I have of Dan Campbell, I still don't love him situationally in games. I don't think he's a great he's great with the clock. But man, that team plays hard. I mean, they play hard for their head coach. Jared Goff is having a very good season, and somehow, some way, those Detroit Lions are very much in the playoff hunt. Look out! Look out for the fighting Dan Campbells. Going to bite your kneecaps off all the way to the playoffs, and I'll tell you this right now. I would not want to see that team in January. If they're the seven seed and I'm the two-seed Minnesota Vikings, I don't want to see them. Mm-mm. They should have beaten me the first time, and they beat me by 11 the second time. No, I don't want to see those guys. Absolutely not. No way. Jaguars dominated the Tennessee Titans yesterday, 36-22. Uh, this was my if I were a betting man game simply because of Trevor Lawrence's injury last week. Couldn't tell he was hurt. 311 yards, I'm sorry, 368 yards, three touchdowns, QBR of 82, pass rig of 121. You know, a- another game, by the way, I was talking about Tua and Herbert earlier, and this is like the theme of today's show, like what, what a franchise quarterback is and what it isn't. Maybe I'll like change the title of the show or something, but that was another example. Okay, Trevor Lawrence, 
just dealing, right? Not turn the ball over. Amazing pocket awareness. He's cleaned up the turnovers from last season and this season to a certain degree. I mean, I mean, you 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 see why he was the first overall pick in in, in 2021. And and the and what from what given what we've seen from Justin Herbert this season with Doug Peterson at head coach, it just goes to show you how bad of a NFL head coach Urban Meyer was. Like how much he screwed this kid up for a year. But listen, and then you got Ryan Tannehill on the other side, who's uh, you know, again, he's in that Jimmy Garoppolo category. He's like he's a starter. He can get to the playoffs if the situation around him is perfect, if he has a good coach. But you're asking to go toe-to-toe with some of the better quarterbacks in this league. And I'm not saying Trevor Lawrence is on the top 10 yet. I haven't seen enough from him quite yet to put him there. But make no mistake about it. He's going to be there soon. He's, and I, I said with him, I remember I made this prediction on my show uh, way, way back before that draft. I said within the next five years, Trevor Lawrence will be a top five quarterback in the NFL. Think what we're seeing, the improvement from last year, this year, we're seeing that ascension from him. He was outstanding yesterday. Props to him, props to the Jaguars, who aren't dead for that AFC South. Down two games against the Tennessee Titans, but if you look at Tennessee's schedule, they got at Justin Herbert, then they got the Texans, then the Cowboys, and then they play the Jags again. Now, the Jags' schedule isn't, they got the Cowboys next week as well, and the Jets. But they finish with the Texans, and then they finish with a home game against the Tennessee Titans. All I'm saying is that the AFC South is not a wrap just yet. Jacksonville Jaguars are still very much alive. Don't, don't, don't discount Doug Peterson, who I've always loved as a head coach, and Trevor Lawrence, who I've always loved as a prospect and as a quarterback talent. And with all the weapons they have as well, the running game and the defense. Uh, let's see. Chiefs Broncos. Mr. Unlimited was not exactly that, but this was without a doubt Russell Wilson's best game of the season. No question about it. Right? He helped the Broncos put up. Well, he he helped them put up 21 of their 28 points. Then he suffered that really scary uh, head injury, not likely a concussion. Dude was like literally knocked out. Uh, and the CBS cameras, for whatever reason, just kept zooming in. It's like, guys, like pull out. That's It's kind of, you know. Maybe I'm sensitive, but this is kind of disturbing to look at. Uh, Brett Rippon came in through a touchdown pass, but then subsequently through a pick. Uh, Kansas City, the, the score is not indicative of how dominant of a win this was for the Chiefs. At one point, they were up 27 to nothing. Obviously, there was the crazy highlight play of Mahomes under pressure, being forced outside the pocket to the sideline, and then just a whoop, underhanded pass to Jarek McKinnon, 56-yard touchdown. It's, it was just a typical Mahomes play. That, Mahomes is almost... You know, there's not many athletes that you can say this about. Put Michael Jordan in this category. I put Steph Curry in this category. That they do something every game that you've never seen before. Like, how, how do they just do that? How, how does a guy being, you know, forced outside of the pocket with grown men running full speed at him and he delivers a perfect underhanded 10-yard pass to his running back who then goes on to score the touchdown? It's remarkable. He's 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 still, and he did throw three interceptions. Let's not forget that he did throw three interceptions. But all in all, I thought Mahomes was was Mahomes. He's got to clean up the turnovers. You know, the decision making isn't great. He, he at times will have these games where it's like you know, don't want to force the ball. But good game by Patrick Mahomes and a win over the Denver Broncos, who my Super Bowl champion pick 
from before the season is now officially eliminated from playoff contention. They are now three and 10. It's the worst prediction that I've ever made in the history of carving it up. And I'll never forgive myself for it. I won't. Panthers beat the Seahawks 30 to 24. Really impressive win by Carolina. Sam Darnold played, played pretty well. Uh, again, made some, some big throws that, uh, What's that kid's name? I'm trying to remember. Uh, uh, shoot. Oh yeah, t- t- Terrence Marshall. I think it was. T- I think it was Terrence Marshall. Made that crazy between the legs catch against the Seahawks. Uh, Geno Smith really, really struggled yesterday. Uh, Pan- Panthers did a really good job taking the Seahawks running game away. Kenneth Walker wasn't really a factor, and, and Geno Smith made some made some mistakes. But I think it was it was really it was really cool. Steve Wilkes, who's the interim head coach after the game. He was talking, uh, you know, he's talking to the media, and he said, "I'm so proud of our players. Consider what we've been through." Because you got you to think about the Panthers, right? They traded Christian McCaffrey. They traded the best player on their team to a contender. They traded Robbie Anderson after the sideline issue that he had with them. They fired their head coach Matt Rule. They let go of Baker Mayfield. All of this turmoil, all of this craziness. And the Carolina Panthers somehow, some way, control their own destiny to get to the playoffs. As a matter of fact, if Carolina beats the Pittsburgh Steelers, by the way, they are two and a half point favorites as we sit here today. If Carolina beats Pittsburgh next week and the Buccaneers lose to a great team, the Cincinnati Bengals, the Panthers will be in first place in the NFC South. And again, nothing different, but they'll control their destiny to get to the playoffs. This team was literally tanking a few weeks ago. They were trying to lose games. And yet, if all goes the Panthers' way this week, and it should, you know, if the season were over next week, Sam Darnold, not Tom Brady, Sam Darnold would be in the playoffs. I, I, I think we need to give a lot of credit. I'm not saying like coach of the year or anything, but we need to give a lot of credit to Steve Wilkes and how he's united this team. Uh, they're not as as jumbled as they were under Matt Rule. There's a lot of chaos. Uh, again, the, the true measure of a great head coach is two things. One, making the game easier for your players. Game plan schemes, all that. And then secondly, do you command their respect in the locker room? Do they look to you? I don't think there's any better example. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I think there's any better example of this in college football than Deion Sanders, the new head coach, obviously, at Colorado. Does anybody command the presence of a locker room the way that Prime does? Steve Wilkes is not you know, that great at it, but a whole lot better than Matt Rule. So if the Panthers were to get in the playoffs after how terrible they were in the first half of the season, I get it's a bad division. It's the worst division division football. I understand that. Who's to say we shouldn't give Steve Wilkes at least a year? Just give him a year on the job as the head coach. I'm just saying, give him a full season. I still think the Panthers will take a quarterback in this year's draft. Um, Hendon Hooker to Carolina. Just throw that out there. So that there should have been a Heisman finalist, by the way. Who's Rob Stetson Bennett? Should not have been a Heisman finalist. Anyways, I'm not salty about it at all. By the way, congrats to Caleb Williams, who to me to me was the rightful winner of the Heisman. What do you, what do you I think he had like forty seven total touchdowns? He, he, I think 
I don't think it was much of a debate. I understand he played bad against Utah, but a lot of that dude was beat up. Okay, he had that hand injury, then he hurt his knee later in the game. Uh, but I, I thought the Heisman Trophy voters, given the top four on stage, I think they got it right. Caleb Williams was the winner. Max Duggan was in second. CJ Stroud third, Stetson Bennett fourth. Now, when I saw the top 10 in the Heisman voting, and I saw that Hendon Hooker, quarterback of my University of Tennessee Volunteers, finished fifth behind Stetson Bennett fourth, I almost wanted to vomit. I, I, I'm like, I, I would have rather, rather Hendon Hooker finish 10th than, than for me to see that. I mean, it's, it's good to see that a lot of college football writers out there were, were critical of the fact that Stetson Bennett was, according to the media, one of the four best players in college football, which I think is absolutely absurd. His numbers tell you a different story, right? His uh, supporting cast is easily the best in the country. It, it, it's so good that it will be a failed season for Georgia if they do not win this year's national championship game. They're that much better than everybody else, including Michigan. I mean, it's, 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 it's ridiculous. I mean, you're, you're putting a guy at fourth who, if he gets lucky, will be drafted next year. As opposed to a guy in Hendon Hooker who, now this injury might hurt him a little bit, but I think is a first-round talent. Or a guy in Blake Corum who is a great running back. B. John Robinson who's going to be the first quarterback taken next year in all likelihood. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the Heisman voters were thinking on that one. I really don't. But I do think regardless of that the right man won the won the award. But Caleb, Caleb Williams start to finish was the best player in college football. And the most consistent player in college football for that matter. And now now last point before I get to the Patriots Cardinals, Lincoln Riley. That's now he's been a head coach now for 6 seasons. Half of those, he said, the Heisman Trophy. Baker Mayfield in 2017, Kyler Murray in 2018, and Caleb Williams in 2022. Not to mention, by the way, Jalen Hurts was a, uh, was a Heisman finalist in 2019. Maybe would have won the award if Joe Burrow hadn't had the greatest season that any college quarterbacks ever had. Maybe Jalen Hurts would have won it that year. Just goes to how, how great of a head coach that Lincoln Riley is. He, he's absolutely remarkable. But, uh... We do have a game tonight. I'd be lying to you if I said I was I was looking forward to it, but it's football, and you know I, I'm one to kind of bellyache and be annoying and complain when we're in the off season, when we're in June, July. You're like, ah, oh, I just want some football. So I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be thankful. Yeah, I know Thanksgiving is two weeks ago, but I'm gonna be thankful. There's a football game tonight. Okay. And it's the New England Patriots, and it's the Arizona Cardinals tonight in Glendale. New England in this game is favored minus two and a half. Feels like an appropriate line considering how bad the Cardinals have been on the opposite side of the ball all season long. Whether it be with Kyla Murray, whether it be with Colt McCoy, even since DeAndre Hopkins has come back in the lineup, He's put up good individual numbers, but it hasn't led to a whole lot of team success. The defense has struggled mightily. The pass defense is awful. And it's going to be interesting considering the fact that they're facing a Patriots offense, which has one of the most limited quarterbacks and receiving cores in the NFL. Not to mention one of the guys who's on that very limited receiving core, Jacoby Myers, who's really their number one guy, is out for this game. So Mac Jones is going to have to rely on guys like Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not going to work. And Mac Jones, you guys know, I, I've never been a Mac Jones fan. Even, even like, I remember when he, they were talking about Mac Jones as a possible first-round talent coming out of Alabama. I'm like, are they joking? Because they, they didn't watch the same guy at Alabama I watched. Okay, they, 
and we're saying that this far last at the end of last year and through all of this season. So it's going to be interesting. It's one of those situations where you see weakness on weakness. Patriots offense is awful. Cardinals defense is awful. What the difference to me is going to be that, and I've been critical of him. I think the the the, the people who call Bill Belichick the greatest coach of all time, I don't know, I don't understand what their logic is for that. However, would you take Cliff, uh, Cliff Kingsbury or Bill Belichick? Because the last time these two teams played was two years ago in Foxborough. Kyler Murray was on a roll in the MVP discussion. And Belichick shut him down. How did he do that? Not to get too technical. But they didn't really blitz. New England didn't blitz a whole lot against the Arizona Cardinals. Basically saying, Kyler, beat us with your arm. We're going to have a spy containing in the pocket. We can get pressure on you with four. Beat us from the pocket. And he couldn't. He had a very bad game in Foxborough. And the Patriots won. Two and a half, I don't think the Patriots are going to cover. But I think they play good enough defense. Kyler has a really bad game. Mac Jones isn't. Certainly isn't going to be the reason they win. But it's not going to be a reason that they lose this football game. Patriots win this one 28-18 over the Arizona Cardinals. And somehow, if they win this game, which I think they will, of course, 20-18, will be the seventh seed as it stands right now in the playoffs. So if the playoffs ended, I'm sorry, if the playoffs started tomorrow and the Patriots won tonight, the New England Patriots would be in the playoffs. But, you know, I said, again, Patriots win 20-18 to 18 over the Arizona Cardinals. I said, coming into the season, all the way back when the Patriots schedule came out, I said this stretch, starting on Thanksgiving Day on, is probably the toughest in the NFL. And I said they'd have, uh, they'd have six wins coming in, and down the stretch of the season, they'd win one game. I didn't know if it was going to be the Arizona Cardinals. I was, I, you guys know I didn't pick the Cardinals to make me make the playoffs this year, a lot of because of the, a lot of the drama surrounding the team regarding Kyler Murray and company. But you have to face the Vikings, which I picked them to lose. They did. The Bills picked them to lose. They did. Cardinals tonight, obviously, at the Raiders. That's uh, with that explosive offense. I know Josh McDaniels tends to be a little clueless sometimes, but the Raiders expect them few extra days to prepare for New England. Expect them to be ready to go, especially with the Patriots on a short week. Cincinnati, they are not beating Cincinnati. I don't anticipate them beating the Miami Dolphins. For Tua, who I've been obviously very critical of on the show today, his best games have been against Bill Belichick's defense. So I'm going to take the Dolphins, and they go to Buffalo. I think they lose. So tonight, folks, I think it's the last win the Patriots get all season long. I said they'd be 7-10 before the season. I'm sticking with that. They finish 7-10. They win tonight, and that is it for the New England Patriots. And that is it for today's show. All the time before today's show. Appreciate everybody stopping by as always. Be sure to catch Carve and Get Up Live on Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time on Facebook Live, YouTube, and on Twitter. Also be sure to like, share, comment, and take two seconds out of your day. Hit that big red subscribe button and hit the notification bell. Be notified anytime that we put out a live. We could do the show live on Monday, Thursday, Friday, 6 Eastern, 3 Pacific time. Uh, also when we do YouTube Shorts, uh, if you want to check out any of the new videos we got in there, of course, I won that bet over my friend Barry Grant Jr. of the All Even Podcast. He spoke in a Southern accent. Southern Sauce Barry, as we dubbed it. Go check that video out right now on YouTube. You'll love it. It's, 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 if, you're, if you're having a, a maybe a rough Monday, holidays are stressing you out, take, take two, three minutes out of your day and watch the video. I, I promise you, it'll bring a smile to your face. Make your day a little better. Um, so check that out. Also, Catch my show on The Grid Network. That is G-R-Y-D, The Grid Podcast Network on YouTube. 
Again, be sure to like, share, comment, hit that big red subscribe button over there. That is also where you can listen to my show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, as well as wherever you listen to your podcast. On the Grid Network, along with Barry, who I just mentioned, the All Even Podcast, Ryan of Clutch Sports Talk, the Cowboys Can Fan, those guys over there, check their show out. Patrick Brown, Chaotic Sports Podcast. Alfred Parsar Jr. of the Rocket Fuel Jets Podcast. Amazing creators. Please go check their stuff out on the grid. I'm wearing their hat today, by the way. I'm wearing the hat. Our hat, I should say. Dare to be different, as we say at the grid. Have a great week, everybody. Please continue to stay safe out there. God bless you all. Peace out. And that is the end of my victory lap. Thanks so much for watching the show on YouTube. Be sure to click that big red subscribe button and go check out the other clips and full shows of Carving It Up Live. Have a blessed day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.